probably because I just preached on it over in Hagen, but I was I was sitting down and there was a bunch of things that I had wrote about times that we need revival. Amen. And one of those was when we can dedicate more time to the hobbies of our own lives than our prayer life to the Lord. I, I, I never want to get to that position where I forget how important He is to me. But most importantly, I never want to forget what He's done for me. Yes. If we can grab a hold of what He's done for us and we can understand that that was a gift that He gave us, that salvation, that peace of mind, that, that peace that surpasses understanding, if we can grab a hold of that, then we can understand what it means to truly want to worship Him. But if we don't have an appreciation for what He's done for us, we're never going to truly want to worship. You know, because it, 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 it wouldn't have any value if it cost anything. If salvation cost you something, it would have it would not hold the value that it, that it does today. If we had to give something back to him, it would not hold the value that it holds today. But he gave it to us freely. He gave he gives it to any and every person that comes to him and says, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, take away my burdens. Lord, can you free me from this bondage that the devil has me in? If it required anything from us, then it would have no value. But because it's a free gift, how many like free gifts? Every person in here likes a free gift. You can't tell me that you don't. And when you get it, what do you do? You get excited. You get excited. Something builds up inside of you. You want to open that package and you want to grab a hold of it and show everybody else. Well, it's the same thing when the Lord saves you. You should be excited to come to the house of God and worship Him. I know I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not able to motivate everybody. I'm not a motivational speaker. I can only speak to what's in my heart. I can only speak to you what the Lord puts upon me. I wish I had that talent, but unfortunately I do not. But I would encourage each and every person here today to worship the Lord. This isn't, this isn't the social club, as Brother Robert was alluding to earlier today. I'm not standing up here telling you things like this because I want to be popular. I'm not up here standing here telling you these things because I want you to look at me like I'm something special. I'm insignificant. I mean nothing. But Christ means everything to me. And if He means everything to you, you're going to be able to lift up your voice. You're going to get excited about something in this world. You'll have tons of things to get excited about. What will you choose to be excited about? Will you be excited about the things outside these walls? And these are only four walls because we carry the church with us. Or will you get excited about Christ? And what He's capable of doing for you today. We talked about the woman of issue of blood, how she was healed immediately. You can have your miracle today. If you will get up and get in and worship the Lord, He will meet you where you are and He can save your soul. And I'm just glad to be saved. Thank the Lord.
started noticing that I was walking faster than a whole bunch of the rest of them. I was just getting it. And the Lord, He reminded me, you have not praised me for what I have done all in your lower back, yeah. hip, dragging that leg. You know, the doctor putting those big old long uh, shots that didn't work. And I cannot tell you the day and hour that he touched me. But yeah. I know that yeah. he did. That's right. I know that yeah. he did. Yeah. You know, uh, Brother Jamie took us to a place and, and he uh, let out all of us older folk. You know how some of us was younger. But, and then he said, now you, you, he was trying to tell us you might not be able to go to no further. But you know what, Brother Dan? We just kept right on trucking. We just kept, and then the Lord reminded me, you have not praised me for what I have done. Right. Have any of you had anything in your life Come that on. the Lord has done and you failed to lift your hands yeah. <laughs> and say, if it had not been for the Lord, yeah. it was on right. my side. Right. He did it before. Right. He yeah. can do it again. Right. He did it before. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He can do it again. That's right. You may say, Sister Bubba, the mountain seems too high. Right. And the valley is too wide. But he did it before. Yeah, come on. He can do it again. That's right. And you know, we have pain in our bodies. We have problems in our families. We have situations. But if you ever if you ever stand stood in the gap and said, Lord, before you let it get to them, let it come through me. Yeah. I'll stand in the gap. This past week, my Monty called me about 1130. She said, we're on the way to the hospital with Savannah. My little Savannah had a seizure, and all I could think of was Terry in the dirt having a seizure last year, I think it was. And uh, we couldn't do nothing but pray. My husband and I joined hands and started praying, and that's what they called for, just prayer. she come out of that seizure. And Grandma got to ride in an ambulance. It was so cool. I'm like, are you kidding me? God is greater yes. than the need. That's right. Lord, I'm going to stand in the gap. And before it goes to them, let it come through me. Right. Lord, let it come through me. The prayers that I have made back there, I am reaping the rewards today. Have you praised Him for answering those prayers? I am living, I am living today with the blessings that I asked for way back there. That's right. Not all of them's been answered, but because He did it back there, He can do it today. That's right. Sing it again. God has great and
serve a great God, an awesome God, a strong God, an ever-present God. Huh? We don't serve a dead God. There are some who serve dead gods, but we don't serve a dead God. We serve a living God. And uh, not only is He living, but He is present. And I appreciate the Lord for that so very, very much. Um, many things that we can preach about, but the most important thing is to preach about the one who died for us. Yes, it is. And uh, I appreciate what Jesus has done. You know, you may not think a whole lot about uh, Him dying for us. You may think about Him dying for us like the army that helped free America for us. They died for us, right? Amen. And those people who died for our country in World War II, but I, I want to tell you something, there's a, there's a difference. It's a vast difference. Those armies, I appreciate the sacrifice, the great sacrifice, and the sacrifice that our armies are still doing. Yes. But those are for the country as a whole. Yes. Okay? Not one of them died for you individually. That's right. You get that? There's a difference. A difference. Jesus died for you individually. Amen. Not your uh, doppelganger. Okay. Did I say it right? Is that the right word? Okay. Y'all know what that is? That's your double. They say everybody's got a double somewhere in the world, you know. They didn't die for your doppelganger. No. They died for you. Jesus died for you. And I'm so thankful that he was willing to die for us. Amen. He was not just any person. He is God. God incarnate. Whenever God, y'all remember what happened over in Genesis? Said, and the Lord said, let us make man in our own likeness. And in our own image. Amen. The reason that we have two legs and two arms and two eyes, two ears, one mouth, like the Lord, uh, you know, <laughs> is because that's the way the pattern had it. Yeah. And the pattern is Jesus. Amen. Because he's from everlasting to everlasting. That's right. Woo! That'll get you the brain percolating. But uh, I appreciate him so very much. And uh, I've had a very rough day and a half. And uh, I'm not exactly sure why, except for all I can put it to, Sister Peggy, is that I'm getting old. And uh, it's just that it is what it is. Amen. But I thank the Lord for the years that I've had and the years that He has given unto me. All right. Turn with me if you would. That's the problem, uh, young ministers, is sometimes you 
study on too many things and then you're not sure what to preach or where to preach from. <clears throat> but I'm going to preach from a place that um, is important to us. And we are living in a day of uh, new definitions. We're living in a day where words are being changed. Amen. Words are being applied one way and then in another way. Um, of course, I thought it was like that when I was growing up, you know, because part of my generation was that generation whenever they said, that's bad. When we actually meant, that's good. You know what I'm saying? That's bad. Huh? Let me tell you something. Society has gone a lot farther today <laughs> than what it was in my day in changing words. But I want to say to us, there's one thing we can count on. Amen. And it's this word right yes. here. It is forever settled in heaven. Yes, it is. Right. And though we may change words in different ways, shapes, and forms, um, the reality is white is still white. Black is still black. Amen. Boy is still boy. Girl is still girl. Huh? And sin is still sin. And I fear that too many today don't even recognize what sin is. Uh, every not everybody. Even the pollsters say there's only about 50%, a little over 50% now that claim to be Christians in America. But, uh, but you, you ask a lot of them, what is sin? What is it that would keep you from going to heaven? Yes. And there will be a bunch of them that will say nothing. Come on. Why not? Well, because when I was six yeah. years old or I was 12 years old yeah. I gave my life to Jesus and so now sin doesn't count yeah. I got to get out of hell pass uh -huh. and then go anytime I want to Come on. huh yeah. doesn't work that way folks yeah. Yeah. it's not even logical yeah. huh? and so if you would turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 I haven't preached from here in a while and so uh, Galatians chapter 5 and um, in these scriptures, we're talking about the spirit and the flesh. And in verse 17, it said, uh, verse 16, Paul writes, we'll start there, Galatians 5 and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that ye would have you ever said in your mind I'm going to serve God I'm not going to do that I'm going to be good I'm not going to cuss I'm not going to get drunk. I'm not going to be a, just uh, fall to it again. Come on. Huh? Verse 18. 
But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. See, Brother Jeff, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not under the law. <laughs> Keep reading. Yeah. Yes. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things <coughs> shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. So let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, we do thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that your word helps us to understand to understand where we're living at. Oh God, to put that spotlight upon those places that we're blind to in our own selves. Help us, Lord, not to be blind. Help us not to be blind or self-blinded or self-lined, Lord, whatever it is. But Lord, help us to be truthful to ourselves and help us, Lord, to draw nigh to you. And help us to understand this war that is between the spirit and the flesh. Help me, Lord, here this morning. I do need you, Lord. Come by and help us. Touch hearts and lives. Draw your people, O oh God. Draw us unto you and help us to be more like you, we pray. In Jesus' holy and righteous and wonderful name, that name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen, and amen, and amen. So one of the things that I, I, I do want to point out to you, it said, for the flesh lusteth. When we are young, one of the greatest uh, lusts that a, a child has is they want that next bottle of milk. Huh? Or they want that they want that diaper changed. And they will let you know it. Ah! Huh? Hollering. It is the flesh. But I need to tell you something. This flesh can do nothing without your mind. That's right. And the spirit that is in your mind. And in these scriptures where it says the flesh lusteth against the spirit, that if you'll notice that that word spirit is in capital, capitalized, 
It is talking about the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is holy and it is right. And our flesh, or if we could say it this way, our fallen spirit, the things that are wrong in us, the unsaved spirit within us, that old man spirit within us, we are the thing, those are the things that lusteth against the Spirit of God. And so it does say that the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. It's a fight. It's a fight. Paul even says in one of the places, oh, that I would do good, I do wrong. Huh? And so these scriptures help us to know because sometimes the Spirit of God is so far away from us, we can't feel the Spirit. When we don't feel conviction, that means that the receptor of ourselves to the Spirit of God has been turned off. Clicked. There's no communication back and forth. Amen. Uh, we've had someone in our church for several years, and uh, when they first got here, their heart was so tender, and every time somebody would preach on something, uh, the, pre- the pastor, not the pastor, but the preacher would sometimes come to me and say, are they guilty of that? Huh? Because they were so tender-hearted. Huh? We need to have a tender heart like that. And so... I, I don't know about you, but I love list, huh? Anybody ever dreamed of being an airplane pilot or uh, a bus driver? No. Huh? A teacher? No. <laughs> yeah. A housewife? Uh, no, not anymore. Sorry. I thought I'd get that one. Anyway. <laughs> Most all of those have checklists. Huh? There are checklists that we have. You know? Uh, do they love me? Remember those little notes? Oh, yeah. Do you love me? Yes or no? Check one. Huh? So, here is a checklist for us to know and to understand more about ourselves. Yeah. Come on. It says, now the works of the flesh are manifested. They are revealed. They're shown out. Have you ever tried to hide something from somebody? Hoping, oh, I hope they never find out that I fill in the blank. Huh? Only for it to be revealed and everybody finds out about it. Huh? I've done that. So, I don't know about you, but I want to understand myself. And I want to understand the sins that are within me and the thoughts and the feelings. I'm trying. You ever read those uh, those psychology things about, you know, uh, megalomaniacs? You ever read any of that? Huh? I'm so sorry. Huh? Or psychopaths? Huh? Try to go down that list. Oh no, I got that one. I got that one. Huh? Here's a checklist now. 
for us to check spiritually where we are at. Adultery. Adultery is when two adults from two different marriages um, commit the act of marriage between themselves. They're from two different marriages. A man from a marriage that he is committed to death to us part. I'll not have anybody else but you. And a woman from another marriage told another man and they get together. That is called adultery. Okay. Fornication. Fornication is when people who are unmarried commit the act of marriage. That is called fornication. And if you'll notice, and we know in our minds it's basically the same thing, it all has to do with who you're doing it with. Okay? And I might add here, it is blessed whenever it's between the husband and the wife. The true husband and the true wife. So you have adultery and fornication and uncleanness. Uncleanness covers that area that a lot of people try to apply toward adultery, which is talking about um, looking at things like pornography or doing sexual unclean things. That's what it's talking about. Uncleanness. Sexual uncleanness. Then there is lasciviousness. Lasciviousness is basically uh, the root of that word is talking about trying to attract somebody else to look at you or to uh, talk with you or to act with you in a way that is unclean and generally it leads toward adultery or fornication. Okay? Then we have idolatry. Huh? A lot of people worship idols. Huh? You say, Brother Jeff, huh? you mean y'all a bunch of idol worshipers? I don't worship no idol. There are times we set people up to be worshipped. We love them more than what God ever intended for us to love. Sometimes it can be a boyfriend, it can be a girlfriend, or somebody that you would like to be a boyfriend or a girlfriend to. Sometimes it can be inanimate objects. Sometimes it can be, in this generation, a cell phone. Or, Teresa, what was that new thing that Logan got? Huh? Switch. Switch. Switch DS. There are people who will almost kill for those things. That is what, that's the definition of idolatry. To love something too much, too great. Then witchcraft. We associate witchcraft with devil worshiping. Or, um, and you can say what you want to, but, and I forgot the word. Uh, they don't. A lot of times they don't call them witches anymore. They they call them warlock. No, no. it's a, it's the heathen. It's a, basically the heathen from England, the druids, stuff like that. Those particular groups of people, 
They, they say they worship nature, but they're actually what they are doing is they are rebelling against God. That is what witchcraft is. If you remember uh, over in Samuel, whenever uh, Samuel talked to uh, King Saul, he said, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It is rebelling against God, God's ways, God's laws, and those things that are associated with the Lord. We are in a very wicked time right now. Here's another sin. Hatred. Is there anybody you hate? Huh? We are not allowed to hate anybody. And I want you to know, that includes politicians. Putin. Huh? Z. You can't hate those people. We are not allowed to hate them. Hatred is a work of the flesh. And here in these scriptures, when it's talking about hatred, it's talking about having hostility toward them. I read so many times. I'm sorry, it's one of my habits now that I like to read the uh, people who get incarcerated at the jail. Huh? They have a real nice, pleasant word for hatred now. They call it uh, uh, a fray. Huh? If you had a fray, you know what a fray is? It's a fight. Huh? Or they call it a, a domestic um, dispute or something to that effect. Huh? It means they had a fight. There was hatred involved. Hatred is not something that is always there. It is something that can come up quickly whenever somebody does something against you. You. Then there is this word variance. Huh? It means something similar to hatred. It means a quarrel or wrangling. Any of you like to argue? Somebody in here shoot their head. I'll be honest with you. For years and years, I loved arguing until I got to studying these scriptures. And then still sometimes, Brother Robert, I find myself slipping into it. Because, you know, sometimes a good argument is just... But that's called variance. Variance. It's a work of the flesh. God's against it. He even talks about at times, you, know, you remember those scriptures that says for us not to um, throw our pearl before swine? Yeah, come on. Talking about arguing with somebody about even the scriptures. I remember one famous argument I got into with a man. Uh, we were heading up toward uh, uh, near Chicago and we were riding together and he was a I had never met him before, but we discussed very vigorously sanctification. And by the time we fell out of the curb, neither one of us was sanctified anymore. <laughs> Variance. An argument. Wrangling. Then there's the word emulation. 
It means to get hot, to have zeal, to quickly burn hot. It's not hard for us when we are not spiritual, when we're not praying and seeking the Lord's will for us to get hot. And so we see that it is a work of the flesh. These things God is against. Amen. Then it goes on. It says, uh, raft. I love the verse over in James because there were times I thought it was okay for me to get mad at things. To be able to give somebody a piece of my mind. Raft. As long as I did it in a godly way. And said, bless God every now and then. <laughs> it's still called wrath. Amen. And it is a passion, an indignation. That have, have you ever had something just boil up in you? You were so hot and so mad. That's what this word here is, wrath. And if you'll study it, this word wrath is reserved for one being throughout the universe. And that is God. It is not for man. James says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So we are not to be wrath even if we are wrath over ungodliness and things that are going on. Wow. What a different type Christian we would be if we could learn not to be wrathful. Then it goes on, seditions. That's talking about a disunity, a division between folks. But this is really talking about a division amongst God's people. Sedition. How do you cause sedition? One person at a time. You tell one negative thing to somebody else about somebody you're wanting people not to think so good of anymore, and then it'll grow. Just watch it grow. You tell one, they'll tell somebody else. It doesn't matter if you say now, keep that to yourself. They'll still tell someone else because that's the nature of people. Sedition. It causes a division, a disunity. Whenever God, you ever notice whenever you're trying to be friends with somebody, somebody else will come up and tell you something bad about that person you were really beginning to be a friend with? Recognize it. Boom. Sedition. Trying to cause division. Folks, we could write, we could write a 15,000 page dissertation on that out of our little church right here. Disunion. Division. Don't let it come from you. Then it goes on. Strife. Strife is to provoke somebody. Uh, to pick at them. I, 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 I don't know why I picked it up recently, but poke the bear. Huh? If you don't want the bear to growl at you, you don't poke the bear. If you don't want the dog to bite you, don't kick the dog, okay? And so, uh, uh, that's strife. Don't provoke somebody. Then there are, I'm sorry, I backed up. I hadn't covered it, but I covered it there. Heresies. Heresies. Those are teachings that are contrary 
to the Word of God. Now, if you're a devil worshiper and you say that Jesus is God, that's a heresy to the devil worshiping people. So there can be all kind of heresies, but in these scriptures, we are talking about heresies of the scriptures. False teachings. Sometimes false teachings are little bitty things that just start off in little ways. Sometimes heresies can be started when we try to make a defense on the gospel sometimes. Sometimes we go overboard in trying to defend the Word of God and we go too far in defending it and we create a heresy. Come on. We've got to keep a balance of the Word of God and what the Bible says. What thus saith the Lord. Then it goes on. It says, envying ill will. I don't know about y'all, but it's not hard to have ill will. Huh? Somebody pulls out in front of you. You have to put on the brakes. And the pizza falls into the floorboard. Huh? Ill will. It's just right there. It's a work of the flesh. And then, uh, that's Indian. Reveling. That's carousal. That's playing. Playing to an excess. God is not against us having fun, folks. But carousing, a carousal is different than this reveling. Uh, this reveling, when it's talking about carousing, is generally talking about making merry uh, and making in a way that is lewd, immoral, away from God. I remember... Oh, I'm so sorry. But when I was a young person and uh, one of the older ones would rent a motel room and we'd use the bathtub to make a drink for all of us to drink out of it. Isn't that gross? Yeah. That's what we did. And then somebody would take a fist and bash it into the wall or somebody else would pick up a chair crash it down and bust the chair. I know some of you never never know nothing about that. I got one down here like, what? <laughs> but that's what we used to call partying. Partying. But that's the word in the Bible called reveling. Reveling. And then it goes on. Paul adds something else in. And such like. What's such like? Such like is playing your video game so much you have to wear adult diapers. Such like. That's where it crosses over into a sin. You have video games today that will even replicate relations. You don't have to commit uh a physical adultery now, you can do it in the video games. Or fornication in the video games. That's where we're at. And such like. Huh? Well, the Bible never said nothing about smoking pot and such like. Well, 
Brother Jeff, they're legalizing pot, but they also legalize alcohol. Alcohol will drive a man or a woman crazy. Pot will begin to lower the inhibitions that a person has so that they can be uh, drawn into other sexual or sinful lifestyles. It is a progress. I'm going to tell you what, whenever I first start getting into sin, I didn't just go straight from smoking cigars and all that. I smoked the ends of my dad's cigarettes. Come on, that he left. Because that was the thing to do as a little boy. Huh? And then by age 12, my mom found it in the wash. That's where I think she got the saying from, you know, your sins will come out in the wash. Huh? Yeah. And such like. And if there's anything else that comes about, it'll fall under and such like. But Brother Jeff, the things you name, everybody does them. Not everybody does. Not everybody does. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Those who were committing adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lascivious, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wraths, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness. Oh, I forgot drunkenness, didn't I? But anyway, you know what it is. Reveling and such like. Huh? Jesus came to save us from our sins. Our individual sins. Jesus came to help take that part out of us. To help us be able to get it under control. Amen. To be able to live above it. You have to remember, sin is a choice. It is not your second nature. It is a choice. Amen. If I decide I want to drink a bottle full of olive oil, you say, that's gross, brother Jeff, but it's my choice. And if a person wants to drink a bottle of tequila, tequila, whatever, anyway, it's that person's choice. Sin is a choice. Sin is a choice. And so, Paul goes on and he tells us I've, I've spent too long on this anyway. That's not what he told us. But uh, Paul goes on and says, of which I tell you before. Amen. In other words, this is not the first time. Did you know there are other lists you can find in the Scriptures? Amen. Jesus gave several of these same items in a list. Talking about things not to do. Right. Amen. In, uh, in Corinthians, Paul talks about them. Uh, Peter talks about them um, in, in different books. It's in there. These list of things that Christians are not to do. They're not supposed to be part of us. Jesus came to save us. What is the definition of slavery? What is that definition? Slavery is when you do not have control of your life, but it has been ceded over to somebody else. There are a lot of slaves in America today. I'm not talking about ancestral slaves. I'm talking about real slaves. 
People who are slaves to the drug dealer, slaves to the pimp, slaves to uh, those uh, games and, and uh, things on Facebook. If you can't control yourself and you know it's wrong, you are a slave. And if you can't control sin in your life, you are a slave to sin. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. The word saved there does not mean come to the front of the church and shake the preacher's hand and get your name put on. Saved means to be free from bondage. Free from the chains of sin. Free from uh, the uh, influence of Satan. Uh, doesn't mean Satan won't come back around and try to do it again and get you going. But he is always speaking temptations in our minds. But God will give us power yes. to overcome all things. Amen. To overcome sin and those things that have gotten us and caused us to fall from God's grace. Teresa, come get us a song. <clears throat> and as I have told you in time past, listen, listen. When you hear somebody tell you, oh, you can still drink and get drunk, and you can still add tattoos to your body, it's all right to do whatever you want to. It's all right for you to do this and do that. And even though the Scriptures may tell you it's wrong, listen to what Paul says. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It won't happen. You won't, it won't happen. You won't be able to make heaven. If you're lost, I got an argument for anybody that does mark on their bodies. If you are lost when you marked on your body, God can save you with your markings. Amen. Thank God. And if if you've been out there doing other type of these sins, the Lord can save you and bring you out of those. Amen. Huh? I like to drink whenever I was lost and undone. I like to do several of these other things when I was lost and undone. As a matter of fact, I still did some of these things, the arguing and the raft and strife and things like that. I did some of those after I got saved because I didn't realize. Just didn't realize. I knew it, it wasn't very pleasant. Huh? And I'd have to really pray if I did some of those things, but for me to realize that sin, it took me a while. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of y'all in here really know about my temperature temper that I used to have, but I used to have a bad temper. I could get mad. And I did get mad. And I thought it was all right. Because I was getting mad at the right things. I was mad at the politicians for their sin. I was mad at the world for their ungodliness. I was mad. Come on, you can just fill in those things. 
found out God doesn't want me to be mad. You know why? We can't show the love of God Amen. to sinners right. when we're mad. That's right. Can't do it. Brother Jeff, why do you say that? Because I know I've tried. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And if there's anyone here, let's stand all across the house. If there's anyone here today, this morning, that you are lost and undone and you want to be saved, you can be. You can be. Jesus didn't say, how much money have you got and I'll save you. He didn't come by and ask you who your parents were or who your, you know, best friends are. He didn't ask any of that. He came for us individually. You ever, you ever did something that you thought was fun? And your cohort and sin or whatever you were doing, they ended up get going to the hospital. Or 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 they died. Or they got ran over. I know of a true story of a, a man who was drunk chasing after a girl he was talking to that particular night, chasing her, and she got hit by a truck, and he got hit by a semi-truck. <clears throat> Jesus came to save us and to deliver us. To change us. I'm so thankful I am not the man I used to be. You say, Brother Jeff, how do we know that? That's just you talking. And that's that woman right down there. Am I the same man? I hope she'd tell you the truth. I think she's dealing with something. <laughs> We're going to have to be changed, folks, to make it to heaven. AA won't fix it. Going to a shrink won't fix it. I'm not talking bad about any of those programs. But I want to tell you the one that will really get your help is called salvation. Amen. Coming to Jesus. And asking the Lord, Jesus, would you save me? Would you change me? Will you be with me? Heads bowed. Close. Who here this morning, if you raise your hand, say, Brother Jeff, would you pray for me? I want to change my life.
there's one. Maybe you've given your heart and your life to the Lord, but you're not living where you need to be. And you're needing help. I want to tell you, only help that can come from Jesus. You'd like for us to pray for you. Anyone here? All right. I think just as a good, it's a good habit. It's a good practice. For each one of God's people, every opportunity you get to come to the altar and seek the Lord. So let's come. Let's pray. Let's seek Him this morning. He's here.